Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to welcome you all out to another live Q&A with yours truly. And for those who are their very first time after watching the video, you like the vibes, go ahead and subscribe, hit that button. And for those who don't know me, my name is Joshua. As you also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimum use. Basically, to sum it all up, my goal is to present to God a people prepared. And so if this is something that um, that you that you feel it will aid in your walk with God, feel free to join me. Um, but for those who's been watching for a mighty long time, whether it's been 12 years or two days, I want to say thank you so much for subscribing to my channel. It's an honor to have you a part of my community. And it's also humbling um, to know that the things that I do here is something that you will love to have or that you uh, um, allow to be a part of your life. But as everyone is coming in, I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to get into the live feed. And for those who want to be a part of these live Q&As, make sure you subscribe. Hit that all post notifications, man, because no man, no man knows they are when I'm going to go live. And so right now I'm going live midday. So you never know. So I would love to um, serve you all with my questions. I'm going to let everyone come in and get into the live feed. Um, and, and, and while they do so, I want to thank everyone who's listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for listening. And uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Chris, what's going on, fam, from London? Thank you for watching. Hello, Coach. Tapping in, as usual, from Detroit. Thank you for watching, my two cents. Give some more people the opportunity to come on in. <clears throat> who's got that first question? Oh, see? See, I knew it. Michelle says, Coach, how do you let a man know you're interested without being too much? Walking in that I don't need you because I have Christ, but still letting him know you're interested. Um, if a man is approaching you and and there's interest, there's nothing wrong with with smiling um, and just being cordial and being nice. I think that's the furthest you go. I don't think you have to say anything because um, it, there, that man should take the initiative. That man should be able to say, you know what? I'm smart enough to connect the dots and see that she's interested and be able to pursue. You don't want no man that's scared to pursue you because if a man is scared to pursue you, then he's going to be scared to pursue a lot of things in life. If he's scared to start something with you, then he's scared. He's going to probably be some nervousness in starting a marriage or relationship with you. So I, I don't think a woman should be like, hey, I'm interested, but I think you should just do the the the, the normal things that a woman would do and let a man know that she's interested. Like just being nice, being cordial, um, allowing conversations to continue. Um, just those things kind of like that should give him a clue. But if he's not taking the clues, then he's not, then he may not be um, um, ready for that step. Um, now, I hope that makes sense. Um but 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 I think just being nice, just being cordial, um, being open and, and, you know, allowing him to continue to pursue. I think that should be good for you. Um, but I wouldn't but I wouldn't voice that you interested. I wouldn't do that kind of stuff because you have to see what that man is made of. And if he's nervous now, I cool, cool. I understand if he's nervous the first couple of times. But if he's, you know, just kind of then he just need to develop in that area before he approaches you. Hope that helped, Michelle. Chris said, "All you are also are you on Spotify and where? Yeah, I'm on Spotify. Yeah, I'm just did I say Spotify too? Yeah, Spotify as well. Just type in Josh Wesley on podcast, and then the, all the stuff that I do here will be on there as well. So I'm definitely on Spotify as well. Good, good morning, Vanita. What's going on? Uh, okay, PG says, "Hey, Coach, how do you become more disciplined with finances, and also how do you maximize all your gifts, like the good steward, like the good servant versus the foolish servant that hid away their gifts? Great question, man." Um, Basically, let's start with the first part. You have to we have to honor uh, money. You have to respect money. You have to know money is a currency. That money will go wherever it goes. And you are the leader of that. You're the one that's pushing the money in that direction. So money is not necessarily the problem. It's our perspective of the money that is. It's our uh, understanding of the of money is that becomes the issue. And so discipline boils down to understanding the benefits of delayed gratification and what's needed now. 
Um, like anytime that I feel myself in deep hunger, I have to control that hunger. Just because I pass a bunch of Bojangles, just because I pass whatever, that does not give me the right to still stop. I can have the rights, but what I'm saying, if I'm disciplined, discipline says you're only... 15 miles from the house, Josh, you can be hungry for another 15 miles. You don't have to spend another $8 or $9 on a meal. That's only going to satisfy you temporarily. But what is the return on the investment? Discipline boils down to understanding ROI, basically understanding what's the return on the investment of this thing and knowing that money will go and money will disappear. And so if, if you don't want money to disappear, but always appear, you have to be disciplined. And discipline is what does it. It's saying, you know what? What do I want? How can I get this dollar to come back to me? How can I get this dollar to come back with me with more friends? You see what I'm saying? How can I send this money off and I get a return? It may not be a return in money form, but it may be a return of opportunity. Or it may not be a return an opportunity of money, but it's returned on, on, on this investment. It's health. So instead of eating at Bojangles, eating at fast food, the return on this investment will come back to me in energy and, and, and sustainability in my body. And so it's always thinking uh, um, three moves ahead. It's not being impulsive. It means to sit back and say, okay, what is the return on this investment? And will I want this return? And if you're tired of no returns and, and it's not, and if nothing's coming back, then you would know what to do in regards to discipline. Um, but, but in regards to that, in regards to finances, you also got to make sure you understand what is, what is my desired out, not desired outcome, but what is, what is the goal for my money? The goal of my money right now for me is for um, um, generational wealth and kingdom advancement. That's my two ultimate objectives with finances is uh, a generational wealth and, and well, if that includes financial st uh, family stability, but generational wealth and kingdom advancement, it, that's it. And when you understand that money is not yours, that you are a steward, then you will always acknowledge God when it comes to big decisions and the money. And then that trickles down into your daily decisions. And you know what? This is not a return on investment. So the activity that you could do is in the areas that you have a hard time or or not a hard time, but you're spending money unnecessarily. What I would do is write on a sheet of paper, um, uh, park the car. If you, you can park right in the parking lot of that restaurant. Before you go in that drive through line, I want you to write down, what is the return on the investment of this right here? What will I get back from this? And when you start doing it over and over again, your brain will catch on. And then that muscle memory, uh, uh, memory muscle will kick in. And then you will be able to say, you know what? This is not a good investment because it's not going to return anything beneficial to me. And that's what any purchase. You only want to purchase things that's going to return something good as an investment back into you. If it ain't going to return nothing good, it's just going to give you bloating, gas. Um, uh, <clears throat> it's going to bring um, unnecessary drama. It's going to bring nothing. Then those things you should limit out of your life because those things are not good investments. Now, the second part of your question is also how do you maximize all your gifts like the good steward, good servant versus the foolish servant that hid away their gifts? Well, the person hid it away because of inadequacies and insecurities. People hide gifts for many reasons. But you have to understand that the gift is not based upon who has the gift. It's who gave the gift. If God gave you that gift and he's the supreme authority, he's saying to you that you are well able through him to maximize that gift. And so since I know the gift was given to me by God, I want to, as a believer, to ensure that he gets premium amount of glory from it. Now, gifts does not mean you start going out there and just doing all your gifts at once. It's relationship. Everything that I teach here at its, at its substratum, at its, at its foundation, is for you to channel everything through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know what gifts to, to, to maximize and hone in. But but that doesn't mean you don't uh, maximize your gifts in private. We're talking about, 
we're talking about uh, talking to him in regards to when to manifest those gifts. But there's always time to maximize those gifts. And that's maneuver it, mold it, um, shape it to where it's able to be at a mastery level so that when it is time to manifest your gift, that it will be of quality and of high excellence, ensuring that God gets premium glory from it. So how do you do that? It's understanding that the gift was given to you by God. And that your gift will make room for you. Now, if you don't want, if you want, if you like the room that you're in, then cool. Then you will hide your gift. But if you want to room to be made for you to to create generational wealth, to create kingdom advancement, to create legacy, then you're going to maximize that gift and and be led by the the greatest gift, the Spirit of God, and when to give that gift and that gift bring a return to you. And so you got to check your insecurities and, and your fears of inadequacy to say, okay, why am I hiding this gift? Why? Why? What's wrong with me? I, listen, I, I, I had uh, bad grades in English growing up. I stuttered as a kid. Um, there, there's been people that suggest that your brain moves faster than your words. That's why you stutter. But it doesn't keep me from speaking. Who made my tongue? Who made my lips? God did. And sometimes your greatest gift is in your in, is in the area of your greatest challenge. Because the enemy is going to try to challenge the very area that you are the most gifted at so that you will produce insecurities and that gift never manifests. You see what I'm saying? So you have to go to God and and be like Moses at the burning bush and say, okay, God, okay, but I got this issue with my lips. And God's going to be like, so? There was two things uh, Moses had questions in, and it pertains to each of us in our daily lives. Number one, he talked to God and said, God, um, um, who, uh, I, but who's going to believe that, uh, that, I, uh, that who sent me in? And, but I stuttered, whatever Moses said. He said, who made your lips? And then when Moses was at the Red Sea, he was like, what should I do? And God was like, what's in your hands? So you got to go from what's in your mouth to what's in your hands. And that's where your power is. Now, you have to know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, and as a man or woman think of in their heart, so are they. So you have to change those inadequacies and those ways of thoughts so that you can really get into the power of developing your gift and not hiding them. I refuse to hide any gifts because I, I'm going to have to stand before God face to face and hold it and be held accountable for what I did in this body. And I want to make sure that when I bring this body back to him, when he opens it up, and I'm not saying open up like, you know, but when he looks into the body, there's nothing left there that I left all the gifts down there still perpetuating glory for him. And that's the goal that when I die, I want to die empty, die empty. And, and God, I don't, this is, I'm not saying this is biblical now, but I, metaphorically, I'm picturing as if God's like, you know, I can, I judge, I can judge because I'm omniscient, but your gifts are still counting for you and not against you. And I hope that helped, fam. <clears throat> uh, uh, Ryan Williams says, Coach, everyone is getting into relationships and enjoying their love life. Meanwhile, I just recently turned single and not feeling confident about it. If God really has a man after his own heart for me. Um, first off, never compare yourself because comparison is a thief to joy, my friend. And what you have to understand is that uh, God is not always the one that makes these relationships happen. A lot of people in relationships right now are in those in their own accord. They're not in there because of God. And so it's unfortunate how many of us compare our real life to other people's fake life. And, and we compare our lives to, uh, we compare what God is doing in our lives to what someone is doing outside of God. And what oftentimes happens is we're thinking that everything that we see online is God blessing them. No, people are blessing themselves. The enemy is blessing them. And when people, and, and we measure things in the moment, but we don't take the time to audit the patterns that will lead up to revealing to us what will inevitably happen in that relationship. Right now, I can look at the patterns of people relationship and I can give it two years. I give it two years. I give it three years. I give it six years because of pride. 
You see what I'm saying? So I know how to pre I predict patterns. If you observe the pattern of a thing, you can predict the outcome of that thing. And so many of us, we get so caught up in piercing in in the moment of a thing and we think, oh my gosh, they're living their best life. But take a few steps back and see the patterns of it and you'll be like, I can predict the fall of the relationship. I can predict the fall of that ministry. I can predict the fall of all the different things because of the patterns, right? So just because everyone and you got to let that word everyone out of your mind, because sometimes we'll 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 use in big. No, I won't say ambiguous. I'm not, I'm trying to add new vocabulary words to mind, but we'll use these big words like everyone when everyone is not getting relationship and when everyone will become heavy in our mind because we'll feel like us against everyone. And look what God is doing for them and not doing for us. So what I would do, Ryan. And I understand the sentiments, I understand the emotions involved, but you have to look at your phrases logically and say, okay, everyone is not getting into relationships and not everyone is enjoying the love of their life, right? So we have to look at that statement and see the holes in it and understand the emotions behind it. But that's when your mind of Christ kicks in and you're able to say, everyone is not in relationships. Everyone is not enjoying them and not everyone is enjoying the love of their life. And most of these people, if we're honest, are really not happy. They're just happy on the ground because of pride and ego and they want to look good. Right. And meanwhile, he said, meanwhile, I just turned single and not feeling confident about it. If God really has. Well, that's understandable, too, friend. But you get through this by by the one that's getting you through this. And, and, and digesting more um, uh, um, scriptures, meditate on the word of God in regards to who you are to him and his promises and purpose for you and the patterns that, that leads to those promises. <clears throat> and when you begin to process those different things, you'll begin to grow and build yourself up in your faith. Right now, you got to process these emotions, find the facts behind the feelings, get a sheet of paper and write down everything about what's going on. I talked to a young lady, a coach, two young ladies yesterday, and we both had almost the same type of discussions in each. And I told them, I asked them this question. I said, um, there was two ladies. And I said, if, uh, with your, if you had a son, would you want your son to marry you right now? Like if your son brought a woman that was just like you to you, what advice would you give that son? And if you realize and take self-assessment and be honest, say, you know what? Wow, I wouldn't even want my own son to marry a woman like me. That honesty will humble you, but that honesty will also help you. It will also say, you know what? I'm going to let them enjoy that. I'm not ready to enjoy that. And unfortunately, most people are only are only going to enjoy those relationships only in the infatuation period. Most people are not going to be able to truly enjoy the years. I don't want to enjoy the early moments of my relationship and then be in misery for the rest of my life. No, I want to enjoy it throughout the duration of my life. And so when you know that you're not ready and you know that you're not prepared and you see it as God bringing you out of an Egypt or bringing you out of a situation for you to actually get another chance, thank God. This is how you get through it. Praise God. God, I thank you that you got me out of that, that relationship. And write down the facts why the relationship was supposed to end. Write down the issue. Don't even write down his issues or what he did. Write down what you did or what you um, uh, was not ready for and say, I'm going to get better in this and write down who you are. Right now, I want you to write down the good, the bad, the ugly of you. And I want to write down who the you that God wants you to be and the things that he wants you to have. And I want you to look at the gap in between the two and say, that's my room of improvement. I'm not going to focus on everybody else's relationship. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna focus on anything that I'm not in right now. I'm gonna focus on personal development. You only attract the value that you are at. 
And that's why I tell people, don't worry about what everyone is doing because we get so caught up in the moment of it. And then we don't take the time to prospectively predict the patterns of these people's choices and then realize I'm envying something that's going to that's going to be that's going to end. So I'm saying, so you get through that by praising God. God, I thank you for letting me, getting me out of this relationship. And I praise you and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to go forward. Secondly, I'm going to change my perspective about the terminology that I use, that I'm not going to say everyone. And I'm going to use my brain to think logically and predict the patterns of other people. And then say, you know what? I'm going to disconnect myself from that. And secondly, thirdly, I'm going to start personally developing myself into the person I need to be to be able to manage and be a person of prudence over this thing that I desire to have. And that's how you kind of get over it. Go through your moment, vent the journal, get all that toxic emotion out of you, get it out of it, and then get to work. Simple as that, my friend. You're so welcome, Michelle. <clears throat> all right, let's see what else, who else I got here. Christopher says, hey, coach, how do you continue to abstain from lust and singleness? I went a month controlling myself, then I crumbled. First off, you have to understand that you are unable to, um, you in your own effort are unable to sustain a level of purity. It is the total reliance on the spirit of God. It is the complete awareness of, I can't trust myself. It is the complete, um, I'm sustaining supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where fellowship with him increases because he says with every temptation, I make a way of escape. And you have to you have to have some equity in that relationship of trust and foundation where you're able to say, you know what? God always makes a way of escape. I will escape this. I I I will be too caught up in this and productive in this to even even be intrigued to even enter that situation. And so what you have to do is realize you cannot do it in your own effort. Uh, and, and because if you try to do it in your own effort, then you're going to be mad at yourself. And then you open the door for condemnation because you're basically going to be saying, well, I went a month. I went a month. No, it is a day to day, hour to hour, uh, a walk with God and saying, God, OK, I need you. And it's self-assessment as well. Assess the situation. Uh, be a detective of your own life and say, what what caused the fall? What contributed to the fall? what conceived the fall, what conceived it, what contributed, what caused it, and what contributed to it. <clears throat> so what you do is you say, okay, oh yeah, usually in this time, I'm my most weak. That's when you used to develop a support system against that through the help of the Holy Ghost. You begin to assess, okay, what caused this fall, what contributed it to it, and what conceived it, and what were the pieces of it. And then you'll be like, you know what? Bad. But the good thing about right now, I got every time it don't matter what mistake I make, I have amnesia because I'm adopted. Because I'm adopted, it don't matter what I have done, I I, I move on because I know I'm loved by God and I know my heart desires not to fall into anything. We're not even talking about falling into big sin. It could be just just poor attitudes. It could be anything. And when you know that you're adopted by God. You will receive his love first off. You won't receive like, oh, God's not going to use me. God ain't going to, oh, snap, God don't love me. No, you're like, no, I'm adopted. I'm going to assess, adjust, advance, and have amnesia. amnesia. I'm going to assess, I'm going to accept, adjust. I mean, I'm going to accept, I'm going to accept the love of God. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to assess what caused the fall and blah. Okay, that's what happened. Then I'm going to make the necessary adjustments and associate with the spirit of God because no system, any system outside of the spirit of God will not sustain you. I'm going to make the adjustment and I'm going to focus on advancing and in doing so, I'm having amnesia. That's behind me. So, but when you know that you, you can't do it in your own strength, my friend, you need to trust in the Holy Spirit. It begins with fellowshipping with him and those five A's, accept, assess, adjust, advance, amnesia, 
Keep it moving. Hope they help, fam. Um, Curious says, how do you know your purpose and how do you hear from God? Great question. Well, y'all be getting them. Y'all be giving me them 50 minute hour answer questions. Okay. Um, how do you know your purpose? You know the person, you know your purpose simply by this, because I'm gonna lead you to some videos where I've talked for hours about this. Okay. So I'm gonna give you the um Cliff Notes bite-sized version of it. And I'm gonna and, and go to my website, not go to my website, go to my YouTube channel and type in well, you're on there right now. Type in purpose and Joshua Ezzy, and all my videos on purpose will pop up. But the quick version of it is this: you know your purpose by knowing the person of God. He's the one that has your real identity and everything he's supposed to do in him. You know the person of God. You get to know him. You get to know his attributes. You get to know him. And as you get to know him, things will begin to be made um, uh, um, um, particular towards you, right? Uh, then your perspectives have to change because most of the time our, our purposes are held up because we have poor perspectives. We have poor outlooks towards ourselves. We, we have self-hate in some of us. We have insecurities in some of us. We have inadequacies and that poor perspectives cause us not to really pierce through and see what we really are here to do. So go find the person of God, get to know him. And in knowing him, he'll change your perspective about you and about your purpose. And then look at your passions. What are you passionate about? What is those things? What is that thing in the world that you, and I do this every time I coach, uh, when a person's kind of having a rough time and they're getting one-on-one coaching with me. And if you want one-on-one coaching, you go to my website right now, imunplugged.com, go to the custom coaching tab. I love the coaching. Give me your budget and I'll see what I can do. But what unfortunately what happens to most people is that when they come into the call with me, they're sad or they're, they're kind of just kind of just in low mood. And one question they face Bryce up. What do you love to do, man? What's your purpose? What are you passionate about? Bam, they light up. See what I'm saying? Whatever your passion is, will get will at least let you know uh, or at least show you the proximity of what your purpose is. But it's the uh, personal relationship with the father that helps you get deeper into the proximity of their purpose to the platform of your purpose into fulfillment. But there's purpose for every day and purpose for every day is to glorify God. And if you do that every day and you really get to know him and you get to and you walk in purity and you walk in purpose, then you will begin to see, oh, this is my purpose is capital P. But go to my uh, YouTube channel, type in Purpose and Joshua Ezzy, and you'll kind of see, man, I have about four or five hours, maybe six or seven hours worth of content that really will help you with purpose, especially the one on the Purpose Singleness course, um, How to Discover Your Purpose. That one right there is very good and the most most recent thing that I shared about purpose. And how do you hear from God? You hear from God by, number one, understanding that um, you got to do the process of elimination. You got to do the process of elimination when it comes to voices in your life. You got to say, okay, I need to know the differences between my voice, demonic voices, and God's voice. First off, God's voice would never contradict his word. God's voice would never come with pressure. God's voice always comes with peace. That's how you do the process of elimination. And also you steal your life, simplify your life. The more congested and infested your life is, the harder it is to hear from God. You got to start removing things out of your life that is that is that is bringing unnecessary noise in your life. And, and those are the two quickest things. And I have a, um, a video on how God confirms on my site. So type in how God confirms Joshua Ezzy. And that right there tells a lot about how to hear from God, my friend. Hope to help. And the reason why I breeze through that real quickly and sent you the resources because I can go for hours on those topics. But I want to make sure I serve others, but send you to other content that I've already made that will that will help you deeper with worksheets as well. Because uh, I can't remember all those points, but all those points are necessary to really help you. Great questions, y'all. Uh, Fun with Tasha Brown says, had awful dream, woke up after saying Jesus, seeing grim. Thank you for, thank you, thank you. Because I saw your, um, 
And thank you for your um, super chat. I was hoping that you came back on today because I totally missed your super chat and you had a question. So I'm glad. Please forgive me on that, but I'm glad I got to your question now. So I want to let you know I did see your question and I was going to get to you some kind of way. Um, had an awful dream, woke up after saying Jesus seen green ripper. What does it mean? I'm scared. Don't be scared. Uh, <clears throat> first, first off, the power, there's power in the name and you did what was right. Um, but you have to also assess your house and what you have allowed access to it. Um, dreams are a reflection of what we um, were drove through throughout the day, right? Um, it's basically your dream. Your dreams sometimes are things, it's basically your conscious unpacking itself. And also dreams could be just sent by God and dreams could be sent by the devil. And so what I would do is to help you to have great dreams is to uh, embrace the promise of God. He said he'll promise you sweet sleep. You know what I'm saying? He promised you sweet sleep. So the first thing is, if you in fear, you're not in God. And what I mean by you're not in God, you're not in what God wants you to be in. So if you know it's fear, you know where it's from. If it's fear, it's from the enemy. And what's the enemy's objective? To steal, kill, and destroy. To get you to a place of insecurity, fear, paralyzation, right? And so the fact that you said Jesus' name and it worked, you got to know that's power in the name. Now you got to go into what the word of God says about what you have and through him and how you're going to apply that in your life. Uh, but you don't be afraid. Walk in faith knowing, okay, God has me. I, I survived the dream and you're not going to die. I had many bad dreams. I had devils telling me that you're going to die at 33 and who's 34 today? You see what I'm saying? Who's 34? Not today, my brother, not today, but who's 34? So I won that battle, but I bet you if I would have listened to the enemy and, and embraced that thought, I would have been dead at 33. Simple as that, because they want to put thoughts in your mind that, that corresponds to the objective they have against you. And so if they want you dead by a certain time, they're going to try to put it in thought form. They're going to try to put it in whatever form, but they want, if they want to paralyze you, they're going to give you a fearful dream. Fear is the energy that exudes from in the paralyzed people, right? They're tentacles to their, to their objective. And so when you understand it, you will be able to fight it with faith. No, I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I will fulfill the assignment that God has for me. And I will have sweet sleep. And you will stand on the promise of God. You stand on that authority and watch you have sweet sleep. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too caught up in it, but I will assess what you've been watching. Um, I will assess uh, artifacts that you have in your room, in your house. I will ask Holy Spirit, is there anything in this house that are, is territorial to the demonic? That, that is allowing them clearance to bother me at night. And the Holy Spirit would be like, throw that away, get rid of that, burn that, toss it away, get rid of that, and then you'll find peace in your home. Hope to help, fam. I got time, maybe two more, because I'm only going to do 30 minutes, or maybe 35, maybe 40. Rodeo Jordan says, hey, coach, how do I begin to start a business? I know that God told me he waiting on me, but I don't feel like he has given me steps or people to connect. It's getting to me. I got you, Rodeo Jordan. Um... You don't have to start a business to start a business. You can start the foundations of that business. Um, and what I mean by that is, start with this. What is your mission statement? What is your vision statement? What are your desired outcomes? What are the discipline outputs in order to have those desired outcomes? You got to, before you even start a business, you got to put yourself out of business. What does that mean? Before you start a business, you're going to say, okay, in what ways could this business be put out of business so that I can develop strategies, systems, and structures to ensure my business is never put out of business? If that's internal and external, and that what internal character flaws in me that could potentially put this business out of business? What are some external things that could contribute to the fall of my business so I can go ahead and already establish from the beginning 
structures and systems that will support my business, that will ensure that my business survive for the glory of God. Also got to make sure what are my values? What are the values that I want this business to have? Because you don't want to be so vague in your values because then you won't communicate a vision that's precise that people that uh, uh, accept that um, grow. Like for me, I only shop at grocery stores and places that have great customer service. Like there's a difference between, and no knock on these companies, I don't go to Harris Teeter as much. I go to Harris Teeter for maybe things only Harris Teeter has, but I love Publix. Publix treats me better when I come in. When I come in Harris Teeter, ain't nobody saying nothing to me. When I come in Harris Teeter, nobody's really greeting me. When I come to Harris Teeter, when I come through the checkout line, nobody's saying nothing. They hire a bunch of kids. They hire a bunch of people that just because they can fill the job, they don't really audit. You see what I'm saying? I go to Publix because as soon as I walk through the door, I'm greeted. I go through the store. I'm asked if I need help. When I'm in Harris Teeter, nobody's paying me no attention. And so I don't go to Harris Teeter and, and give my money to where I don't feel appreciated. It's simple as that. And so, uh, um, and Whole Foods as well. Whole Foods, is they nice to me. Whole Foods and Publix give the bulk of my service. Um, I only go to Harris Teeter when they got those uh, deals, you know, because I'm in and out. I'm not going to enjoy my shopping experience. But look at Publix's mission statement uh, where, where shopping is a pleasure. That right there is a part of their mission statement, where shopping is a pleasure, where I, I, I could be in Publix for 45, 50 minutes because it's a pleasure to shop there. Harris Teeter, I'm in and out because that's, that's what they want me. They really just want me to be in and out. But Publix shopping is a pleasure. And so when you think about that, you'll start developing your business in, in research and in, in establishing its, its ingredients and how you want it to be perceived. And that's how you start a business before you file a business and start a business. So don't worry about um, connections and steps. Just sometimes God wants your brain to work. And what I mean by that, he doesn't, if God did everything for us, we'll be lazy. I'm so glad God didn't do everything for me. That's why my work ethic's sharp. That's why my brain is sharp. Because he's saying, I told you what to do. Figure it out. <laughs> figure it out with the fellowship of the Father. Figure it out. Just figure it out. Because if I did everything for you, you won't do anything. And you will expect me to do everything. And so what I mean by that, Rodeo Jordan, is to, okay, what I do is I am, um, what's the terminology? I have self-awareness that I'm glad God is working, has developed in me, and I'm a self-initiator. I'm like, okay, God, you want me to write a book? Most times, God just dropped a title in my heart. He drops a theme. Then I know what to do. I'm going to go to Google and type in everything that pertains to that topic. Like for you, I will type in everything. What is what is uh, was these things that I need to write down? What's a mission statement? What's a vision statement? Um, um, what are my desired outcomes for this business? How will God get the glory from this business? Um, um, what is the DNA of this business? How do I want this business to be perceived? What are the colors of this business? What does the colors even mean when it comes to these different colors? Like, like I, that's that's homework. That's, that's all you do because that will help you in the process of being in business, right? If you do all the preliminary prerequisite things that require that business sustainability, you see what I'm saying? And so that's how you start. And so like um, my mission statement for what I do is to help adults unplug and students to propel. What is my purpose and statement for my videos? You hear it all the time. To help people grow holistic for God's optimum use and to, uh, what's my other statement? What's my other statement I said? Um... Man, I forgot it that quick. Uh, but y'all know what I said in the beginning of my videos. Everything is a science. Everything is a formula. And if you find the formula of it and you start in the beginning, then when you actually start it, you're prepared and your first customer will already know, I know what she's about. 
I know what she offers and I love it here. It's all about keeping people um, connected to you and what you believe in. That's why Chick-fil-A is so successful. That's why Publix is on, in, on every corner against Harris Teeter because they know shopping is a pleasure. And I'm not the only one that thinks Harris Teeter like that in North Carolina or at least where I'm at, at where my Harris Teeter is on. But but every Publix I go to, just like every Chick-fil-A I go to, I get the same thing because that's in their DNA. They train their people in accordance to their philosophy and principles of their business. So that's how you start. Don't worry about the connections. Don't worry about anything. God wants you to be a self-initiator where you're able to say, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. I'm going to get right to researching. Everything coach just told me, I'm a, I'm in more. I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to I'm watch videos on business. I'm going to learn. Oh, type in how to start a business on YouTube and find good people with good views and good perspectives where you're able to say, okay, wow, okay. Then do that and then watch God. Because once you do your part, God will release the other parts. The only time he released parts is at the part that you have finished. So if you've done your part at this level, then he'll start bringing in the connections of because now you're prepared and ready to do so. Hope to help, my friend. I really did. I really hope to help. And everyone else that's got ideas on that. And I'm going to, I'm writing, I got stuff um, that will kind of pretend. I got so many ideas, man. But like I said, put it on the shelf until God said it's time to time to do it. Onakosha, please forgive me if I said it wrong. Hi, coach. How can you know that you were called to be single if you have no desire to be married? If you have a supernatural non-desire to be married, then you call to be single. But if you have a desire to be married, then God doesn't mind meeting that desires as long as you're developed to the person that's able to manage that desire. So, you know, you call to be single, 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 single when you really not because of hurt, not because of pain, not because of what you've been through. We're talking about you have like real talk. I just I don't I, it's un, it's unexplainable desire to be single. There's nothing that you can point to and be like, well, I don't, because what I went through with all these men, what I went through with all these women, now I want to be single. No, you have an unexplainable desire to be single. And you're like, I just really just feel like my life is supposed to serve God. I have desires for children. I don't, and it's not that you don't hate you. You just really just have an unexplainable, unexplainable desire to be single. But if you have any inkling to be married and desire to be married, and, and but you just going through some hurts and stuff, and you now you just like I don't even know if God hasn't. That's just that's negativity. But if you have any desires to be married and have a family, you have visions in the future and ideas of it, then develop in accordance to that, and then watch God deliver that deliver in accordance to your development. Hope they help, family. I really did, really do. Time for maybe two more. I'm gonna try to go to 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, and I'm done. Pray all is, okay. Lucinda Diggs, what's going on? It is is it proper for a man in ministry to pursue? Is it proper for a man in ministry to pursue sexually when you clearly tell them that's not where you are? Listen, if anybody in ministry wants sexual interaction with you, they are. They, I will. I will run. God. God would never. Sexual sexuality and sex should not be involved outside of marriage. Period. So it's improper for a man in ministry to pursue sex with you. I will run from him. I will leave that man's church. I would not support that man's ministry. I will bounce because if you got that kind of perversion in you, whatever's in you is going to be in your messages. Whatever's in you is going to be in how you interact with, with other women and other men. You see what I'm saying? So it's improper. Do I don't care what. See, people, when you're in their arena and you're in their ambiance and you're in their aura, Sometimes you'll be like, wow, but he's anointed. No, gifts and callings are given without repentance. He's talented. He's not anointed. 
He may be anointed to do that as far as gifting, and he has a unique gift for that, but there's no anointing flowing through the anointed one, right? Because even with Saul, Saul was anointed to be king, but he was still king, even though God was no longer no longer desired for him to be king. Basically, what he was saying is God saying, you can still hold a position, but not have my but not have my power in you. So don't get so caught up in, but but he's a man of God and he preaches the gospel. That's emotionalism. He's probably utilizing his arena, his aura as a baiting tool to bring women in and to pervert them because of who he has propped himself up to be and how he's using God to pervert people. Bounce, my friend. Leave him. Leave that church. Leave him alone. If he's want, if he wants, if he wants to have sex with you and all that kind of stuff, that is not a ministry of God, my friend. I feel like I need to stop there. Um, okay, to pursue you sexually when you clearly tell them that's not where leave, bounce, leave that ministry, and mark that mark that ministry, mark that man, and pre- you could predict the future that it will be a fall coming towards him. Since I saw your question, Janelle, I'm going to answer you. And I'm out. I have been experiencing spiritual warfare in my dreams, especially as. I have been becoming more obedient to God. Any advice? I've been praying to God every night before I sleep for strength. First off, um, that's that's understandable. That's predictable. Um, because anytime that you're on path into pursuing God, there will be resistance. If there's no resistance, you're going in the wrong direction. So that's something to rejoice. That that Not rejoice that the resistance is coming, but you can see some rejoicing in it, knowing that I'm going in the right direction because I'm getting resistance. Now, Spiritual warfare comes with it because you have been enlisted. The Bible talks about in uh, one of the Timothy's, I forgot off the top of my head, it talks about how um, no one that has been, um, no soldier entangles themselves with civilian affairs for his joy or her joy is to, um, uh, man, I forgot it, y'all, to please the one that enlisted them. As soon as you get saved, you're in the army. You're in the army of the Lord. That's not metaphorically. That's a real deal. And spiritual warfare will come. Now, spiritual warfare, when it comes to your home, comes from one or two different things. It could come from from what you watch and what you allow to be in the atmosphere of your home, or it could be ornaments, uh, artifacts, things in your house that are demonic, right? So what I would do is, like I told the young lady up above you, I would say, hey, um, Holy Spirit, don't say hey to Holy Spirit like that. That sounds so disrespectful. I got too much respect for him. Um, just say, um, Holy Spirit, can you reveal to me um, what's in this house that is contributing to this warfare? The Holy Spirit, you will start feeling it deep inside of you and you'll be like, I got to get rid of that. I'm going to get rid of that. I'll tell you the story. There was a lady who I coached last summer and she um, was married to a man um, who cheated on her and they were now divorced. And um, she was like, but we've been divorced for like a few months now. But I still feel like there's a demonic presence, a sexual presence. Um, um, I feel I have sexual dreams still. Um, I have all these different things happening to me at night. And she was like, well, how do I get rid of it? I said, okay, um, what are the things in that home that was used with sexual perversion? And she was like, well, I got rid of the bed because uh, I didn't want nothing to deal with him. I got rid of the bed that because I, I because, of course, you do that because why would I keep the bed that this man was sleeping in and sleeping with me with and also bringing women and spirits and all this kind of stuff. So you got rid of the bed. I said, so when you were separated from him, y'all didn't sleep in the same bed, where did he sleep? She said, wow, coach, he slept on the couch. And even when we were gone, he would, did, he would do perverse things on that couch. I said, get rid of the couch. The next day she got the couch. She got her sons and whoever else to help her. She got, she put the couch on the curb and the couch got taken away. She said, ever since then, she sent me a message. Maybe a few weeks later, she said, coach, the demons were gone. No sexual dreams, no nothing. I said, demons are territorial. 
wherever sin was done, they'll 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 be territorial of. And that's why I look at the demons. Don't when they when Jesus cast a demon out of that man who had the legions in him, he says, um, the demons like, uh, do not cast us out of this region. Put us in the pigs. They don't want to leave their region. And so if you if you have anything that was devoted to anything that's contributing to your dreams, God will tell you to the spirit of God what to get rid of, whoop, whoop, get it out the house, put on the curb, deliver it, trash it, cut, uh, burn it, whatever you got to do. And then watch you start seeing peace in your home. And then the Holy Spirit will kind of lead and guide you to all truth and to what is contributing to that spiritual warfare. But warfare comes with it, friend. Um, But but I, what I did was when I went through that period of warfare was I hung myself on anchored myself on the scripture that says, uh, let me find it for y'all. Uh, sweet sleep scripture. Here we go. I got something for y'all. I'm going to share with y'all right now. Uh, okay. Let me share this with y'all real quick. Share screen. Go to openbible.info. Type in sweet sleep, right? Uh, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That's a promise from God. Psalms 4, 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. It is vain that you, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious. He gives to, he gives his beloved sweet sleep. I lay down and I slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. Out of the anguish of the, of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied by his not. Okay, let's, well, basically I'm saying those, these right here, these top ones right here are the ones you just meditate on and stand on those promises and watch you have that sweet sleep, my friend. Hope that help. Y'all know I love it. Gotta go. Um, I got some books and resources that will I, I will hope will benefit you all. I got this book called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties Other Strongholds. Great resource there. And help you understand what soul ties our strongholds are and how to untie or root them. Got a book on spiritual warfare that may be a benefit to you, my friend. It's called uh, Winning the War Within. It has also scriptures as your bullets in the back for you to put in your chamber against the devil. But it's a good book on how to put on you the whole armor of God and how to withstand in the evil day and spiritual warfare. Got a book called Dating Prep, How to Date Yourself and the Love of Your Life with questions in them. That goes along with my card game, Dating Prep. And it's a fun way to uh, ask your questions, ask yourself questions personally, um, and uh, and w- with your significant other, and date and with the counselor. A lot of fun ways to play. And the same question in the uh, thing is in the book as well. And you can also write down your answer and their answer to make sure that y'all line up and agree. I have my first children's book called As He Says, As for the Students I Serve. Great proverbial points for kids and how to discover their art form and etc. Also got this book called The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? It's a good book for singles. And I'm actually working on a second book on this. And I don't know when it's going to come out, but I'm working on it. I also got this book here called Unplugged. Very far. I wrote this book over, well, not over, but 12 years ago. Wow. Unplugged, top things to unplug from. It's an old book. So, you know, that was early on. It's early. This early culture right here. So, um, um, so please excuse the grammar and all that kind of stuff in there. Um, card games, books, uh, website also for those who have um, want to know everything that I offer. Um, you can go to my website now, IamUnplugged.com. And here you will have um, just different things that you can get from there. Um, of course, you can learn more about what I do, helping adults unplug and students propel. 
Um, we have our kids mentoring program. We have online courses. We got where you can get your books. We also got t-shirts too. If y'all want merch, we got good t-shirts over there as well. If you want to book me for an event, my computer's not low. There we go. If you want to book me for an event to speak at virtually or in person as a pandemic subsides, I would love to be a part of your event. If you want to donate to support what I do, you can do that there as well. Uh, what else? If you want one-on-one coaching, you can go to one-on-one card games as well, custom coaching. And there you can submit your budget. We got all kinds of coaching, spiritual growth, value and self-esteem, transitions, relationship coaching. All you got to do is hit book session, read through, put your name, email, and what what pertain, what kind of coaching pertains to you and put your budget, which you can do, the best you can do. And I will, I will customize a time frame and whatever I can for you based upon the schedule and what I'm able to do. Um, days and time that works best and tell me about your coaching needs, phone number, all that good stuff. And I would love to serve you this summer. Um, but I love y'all. Got to go. Um, if you want more, I got 1,400 videos on YouTube, resources that you can get online. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.